For those who don't know me, my name is Derek, and uh, I just want to also say happy Mother's Day to um, all the moms out there. We celebrate you today, and uh, we uh, here at Grace, we actually don't just celebrate all the moms, we celebrate all the ladies in the house, because many of you uh, play a mom role somehow, and um, we just thank you for all that you do to make this world a better place. And so um, as, as you leave today, we have a, a little gift for every single lady here in this auditorium. So uh, that's just our way of saying thank you for, for being who you are and doing what you do. And also, you might have seen it when you came in, but we have a um, I think it's a little photo booth thing set up uh, where you can get a nice picture either with mom or a picture for mom. We'll take your picture for you on your phone or camera. And uh, so don't miss that as you leave. It'll be on your left as you're, as you're leaving the double doors. And I just want to let you know what it looks like. Um, we were having a little fun with this this morning. So Matt, the, the drummer, um, he, I don't know if you noticed when he was playing, but he's got the exact same shirt as me, basically. He's actually right back there laughing right now. Um, so anyway, find someone who has the same shirt on as you and get your picture taken. Send it to your mom. I don't know, whatever. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't often thank my mom for what is truly one of her greatest qualities. And I don't know where this quality comes from, but moms just have this in spades. And it is the quality of persistence. Yeah, you're laughing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you are even thinking of a different word than persistence. (laughs) But it's Mother's Day, okay? So we're going with persistence. We're celebrating that wonderful gift that God has given to moms. And um, I remember getting in touch with my mom's persistent quality uh, at an early age. I got a picture of me and my little brother and my mom. And um, so you can't really see by the picture, but, but I have extraordinarily white teeth. Okay, this is before all that teeth whitening stuff, right? It said nice white teeth. And the reason is because my mom was so stinking persistent around brushing your teeth. And as a kid, I hated brushing my teeth. Anybody else as a kid, you just couldn't stand brushing your teeth. So um, she would, like every single day of my life, did you brush your teeth? No, go brush your teeth. Did you brush your teeth? No, go brush your teeth. Well, somewhere along the line, and I'm not the fastest person in the world, but at some, I made the connection at some point, if I actually were then to just lie when she asked me and just say, yes, it was amazing. All of a sudden, she's like, good job, honey. And uh, that was it. This was the most incredible thing I'd ever discovered in my life. Well, this lasted about a day. And um, you know how moms just have this, this, they just know stuff. They just know. I, I don't know how they know, but they just know. And so then, like, it would be, did you brush your teeth? Yes. It was the look, you know. Did you brush your teeth? Are you sure? Now tell me the truth. Okay, fine. You know, and this would go on. And I'm like, how is she? How does she know? Sometimes I brush the teeth, and then I wouldn't, and she'd know if I, and I was like, how is this working? So one day, I was just all amped up as a little kid, and she's like, did you brush your teeth? And I said, yes. And I was determined I was going to pull off this lie. And she says, no, you didn't go brush your teeth. And I said, yes, I did. She said, no, you didn't. I know you didn't brush your teeth. I said, how did you know I didn't brush my teeth? She goes, your toothbrush is dry. (laughs) That ever happened to you? So then I was like, okay, you just, you just revealed a, a big trump card in your hand, mom. So then I was like, oh, just a little water on the toothbrush. We're good to go. So then that was my new approach. I hated brushing my teeth. So I get a little water on the toothbrush. This works for a day or two. And then it was that 
It's that ninja-like sixth sense mother's intuition thing that kicks in. And she would know again. How does she know the toothbrush is wet? How do you possibly know I didn't brush my teeth? But she knew. She knew. And I tell you, I'm 39 years old, no cavities in my entire life. No cavities. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom, for that. I mean, that is truly, you know, that is the gift that never stops giving. Mom's gift of persistence. And many of you, you have a story like that. You can relate. And here's the funny thing. It never stops, does it? It doesn't stop when you're a kid. It goes on from there. After, after I got the teeth habit down, then it was, did you do your homework yet? Did you study for that test yet? Have you prepared for your SATs yet? Did you write your college essays yet? Uh, did you apply for that job yet? And then if you were here last week, you know, honey, I, I like your hair, but are, are you going to get that haircut? You know, I mean, it's always something. And so I just want to say that if you are here and you are fortunate enough to be able to call or reach out or talk to your mom today, please thank her for that great gift of persistence. And if maybe you don't have that uh, blessing, um, take a minute to thank God for either your mom or who played that mom role in your life and for their persistence, because it is that loving persistence that has helped you to be the person you are today. Persistence is really the operative word for today's message, because here Jesus is, is teaching about it. We are in this series called The Parables of Jesus, where Jesus told different stories to demonstrate important truths. And we read uh, the story today in uh, Luke chapter 18. Uh, Luke was a physician who wrote a very detailed account of Jesus' life. He was so um, intrigued with Jesus and became a follower of Jesus that he went around and, in, and interviewed all kinds of people who knew Jesus because Jesus was so important that he wanted to make sure he wrote it down. And so we find this actually in the New Testament of your Bible, uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable... And this is interesting. Very few times you ever get the, what the parable is all about right up front. But here Luke gives it to us right in the beginning to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So we know the point of the parable before Jesus has even said it. Um, it's about always praying, don't give up. So Jesus said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. Now, you got to remember, Jesus has made up this story. So he's getting to choose his characters, and he chooses them very deliberately. So first, the judge. The judge is someone who represents a position of power and authority and control. But also, the thing about the judge is he says that this is a judge who didn't fear God nor care what people thought. Now, 2,000 years ago, the context, if you would hear those words, someone who doesn't fear God, someone who doesn't care what people think about them, this is a wicked person. This is someone who is evil. And actually, later on in this parable, Jesus goes on and he refers to this judge as an unjust judge. An unjust judge. So we've got this unjust judge in a position of power. And then he chooses a widow as his other character. Now, a widow represented 2,000 years ago someone of complete and utter vulnerability. Someone who was 
powerless. And the reason that this widow would be powerless 2,000 years ago in that society is because, quite simply, it was a man's world back then. And uh, so you needed a man in your life to just do basic things, protect and provide for you. It's very dangerous if you didn't have some uh, either a husband or a male, somebody, family member, who would take care of you. And so what's actually crazy here is, and, and the original hearers of what Jesus was saying would have known this is completely ridiculous. The fact that this widow is in court pleading with the judge, that's crazy. That would never have happened. And here's why. Women simply did not appear before judges back then. They didn't appear in court. In fact, their testimony 2,000 years ago, ladies, you're going to be so glad you live in the 21st century and not the first century, but their testimony was completely invalid. It was meaningless. It was worthless. It's one of the reasons it's actually crazy. If you read the biblical narrative about um, who saw Jesus raised from the dead, it was women. You'd never write that if you were just making stuff up to try and get people to believe. You'd never write that women were the ones who saw him at the grave because that just, that's not a valid testimony 2,000 years ago. Thankfully, we've come a long way since then. And so here's the thing. She's in court in front of this judge, and this means she does not have any single male family member who can advocate for her, who would be in that role to come before that judge. So this is a very, very bad situation. She has no leverage whatsoever. And here is this unjust judge who is now refusing to help this widow who keeps coming to him. Now, this parable is all about prayer. And there's many of us who are here this morning, and we can relate to the opening of this parable because we can think of something that maybe right now we've either been praying for a long time or shoot, maybe we've even given up praying about it because it's been so long and there's been no answer whatsoever. And we feel very much like this powerless widow before this judge that doesn't seem to care at all about us. Last Sunday at the beginning of the sermon, I asked for, um, for folks to text me if you've had a long time prayer and, um, and I got uh, a few texts back from people who've been praying and God has just been silent. I mean, they've been praying and praying and praying and praying and nothing. No answer, no nothing. Got, um, got one text from a couple that's been praying for a long time for new jobs. So the, the husband is very unfulfilled. He needs a new challenge, is, is really desperate to move on. It's been over a year now, uh, really praying, nothing. Um, the wife, she, um, her job, there's no balance. There's no work-life balance at all. She is desperate for that. They have been praying and praying for, for that year and just no movement, no nothing. They know it's time to move on. They feel it's time to move on, nothing. Uh, got a text from uh, someone else and he's been in a long season of doubt and disbelief. And he said that he's prayed and he's seen like just a little bit of improvement. But, he writes, but my deep doubts are still unresolved and can resurface at a moment's notice. Someone else uh, was telling me this week about uh, their struggle with an eating disorder. And um, this has been a long, long time. And this is what they said. I've been praying for this eating disorder to go away for so long. I'm not sure what to pray or do 
anymore. Maybe you can relate to that. You get to a point where you're not even sure what to pray. You're not even sure what to do. Um, I got a, a, a wife out there who texted about her husband. She was praying, has been praying for a very long time that her husband would uh, come into a relationship with God and would begin to join her at church. And she writes, um, in the natural, and that would be as opposed to the supernatural, the, the godly realm, right? In the natural realm, um, she says, I have no good reason to think there is any hope for this. And then finally, I was talking to a mom whose son has autism. And she's been praying for years and and, um, just going through the struggle of seeing seeing his difficulties and seeing his pain and just her heart, her heart just aches for her son. And she says, I pray daily for God to help him and for God to give me strength. My confidence in whether God has answered my prayers wavers day to day. Now, that's just real, you guys. And I want to tell you, if you're here and you, you can connect with any of those, um, you're not alone. In fact, the person that I was just talking about could be sitting in your row, could be sitting right next to you for all you know. So um, you're not alone in this. And I just want to tell you that this uh, message today, there's not going to be any wonderful little simple answers to your very complicated and heart-wrenching prayers that, that you've been praying. I'm not going to give you some great little soundbite or phrase or Bible verse, and it's just going to make everything hunky-dory for you. Um, because the reality is we, we have prayers that haven't been answered, and that can lead us to a place where we actually can not just get discouraged and not just want to give up praying, but we actually, we can get downright angry with God. We can be so frustrated about this, it can sour our whole relationship with God. And um, so, you know, th- this, is, this is where this widow is at this point in the parable. Jesus continues, he says, for some time the judge refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now that's a feisty widow right there. I like that about her. You know, sometimes you got to have a little crazy in you when you're praying just to kind of get, you know, just to get through. He goes on. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Now, that word quickly there, I struggle when I see that word. And and I'm sure some of you do. Okay, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Obviously, Jesus' version of that word quickly and my version of that word quickly are just two totally different things in many cases. But nonetheless, let us not miss the point, the driving point of Jesus' parable. What Jesus is saying here is, listen, here's the point. We are not just praying and praying and praying to an unjust judge who could care less about us. Even that judge sees to it that justice gets done just out of sheer persistence by the widow. But we're not praying to an unjust judge. 
We are praying to the God who made us and the God who loves us. And I want you to catch two words here because they're so important for our understanding. He says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? His chosen ones. We have to remember that we are not widows coming to an unjust judge, but we are chosen ones. We are sons and daughters of God coming to our heavenly father who loves us. Now, the circumstances that we face when those prayers don't get answered, when all kinds of things are coming against us, they can very much make us feel like we are praying to an unjust judge. And that can color our thinking, you know, all this stuff. It, it can really mess with us. And so here's what I want us to do. And we're, we're going to take a minute right now to reorient ourselves. We're going to play a song. And I, what I want you to do is I want you to remain seated. And I just want to give you a little time and space to be able to dwell on the fact that even though your circumstances may make you think that you are praying to an unjust judge who could care less about you, that you are praying to a good, good father who loves you and you are his chosen one. He delights in you. Now that might not fully make sense, but we have to recalibrate our understanding by what Jesus says is true. So let's take a minute Okay, make this your time just to be still, to pray, to reflect. Just take this in. So though your circumstances may make you feel like you're praying to an unjust judge and you are an abandoned widow, what Jesus tells us is that we are chosen ones of God praying to our Heavenly Father who loves us. And when you can reorient yourselves to what Jesus is saying, it gives you the ability to press on and keep on praying to not give up. That mom with that autistic son I asked her, well, how do you keep praying? That's a very tough prayer to keep praying every day. She says, what drives me to persevere in my prayer is my belief that God has chosen my son to demonstrate his love for him and for me. The one who's struggling with that eating disorder has been struggling for so many years. How do you keep on praying? A person says, I know God answers prayers, which is why I keep praying. I've seen it happen personally in my life. I've seen evidence of God's goodness before. That's what she's saying. For that woman who's been praying for her husband's relationship with God, that he would come into faith. The reason that she keeps praying, she says, I refuse to give up. When I face opposition or discouragement, I take it as a sign that I'm praying the right prayer. Meaning that anything that's opposition or discouragement, she doesn't believe that is from God. She believes that is from something other than God. Why? Because God is her good, good father. She says, I believe God will answer this. Even if I don't see it, 
in my lifetime. Finally, that couple that's been praying for those new jobs, but haven't heard any response on that one yet. They say, we know deep down that it's time to move on, but we're also learning and trusting that everything will happen in his time. Why? Because he's a good, good father. We have to just trust even when we don't even want to anymore. That's how we keep the faith. Thanks, guys. So, Jesus making a very clear point through this parable. Keep on praying. Don't give up. God will bring justice. But then he gives us a little zinger at the end. As Jesus is prone to do, he says, the back end of verse 8, he says, however... When the Son of Man comes, now, that is actually a reference to himself. So if you know anyone who likes to refer to themselves in the third person, and they think that's like really cool or something, you can just say, Jesus has you beat. 2,000 years ago, he's the original refer to yourself in the third person guy, okay? And he's basically just saying, hey, when I come back, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Will I find faith on the earth? That is Jesus question. God will answer. God is going to bring justice. But will we have faith? So I mentioned um, all this request I made last week for, hey, long time prayers. Send me, send me your stories. Let me, let me hear from you. And I got to be honest with you. I just was thinking, not that many people are going to text me like what I text if I was sitting out there, you know, and what, what might happen. And I was hoping for just like a handful of text responses that I would be able to share. You guys, I received over 60, 60 responses. People texted me, and almost every single one of them, except for just a few, were long-time prayers that had been answered. Long-time prayers that had been answered. Literally, in this room, many of you are sitting here right now, and you know you sent me something, okay? I wasn't able to include all of them, or we'd be here for the rest of the afternoon, But um, I want to share with you just a few. I had someone who was praying for 10 years for their sister, 10 years for their sister to get free from a really bad relationship. That's a lot of drama. That's a lot of tears. That's a long time. It's a lot of prayers. They said after 10 years, their sister finally got free and is now happily married today. At numerous couples who reached out over the issue of Fertility, been struggling for years to have children and all the heartache and the pain and the anguish and the prayer that goes into that. But then after years and years and years, story after story after story, that, that they were able to finally have children. Heard from someone else who's been praying for 30 years, you guys, 30 years for their dad to get free from alcohol. And after 30 years, Their dad is finally free from alcohol. Another guy um, told me that for the past 15 years, he's been praying for stability, vocational stability, financial stability in his life. And during that time, he's had in and out of work, in and out of work, has had to move seven different times 
and, and has actually had to file for bankruptcy. I mean, it has just been rocky. And through that whole thing, has been praying and praying. And last year, this was a total God thing, out of the blue, he gets contacted for an absolutely amazing job opportunity. And no reason, no good logical reason for this to happen, he said to me. And he, he lands this job. And this is what he writes. God has finally answered my prayers for some financial and vocational stability in my life. I now feel like I have a positive outlook for my future. That's huge, you guys. Got a mom here who has been struggling with work-life balance for a long time. She's got a couple of younger kids and just feels like it's all out of whack. Her job was depleting her, taking everything from her, and a lot of maternal guilt around that issue and a lot of prayer. And you know what was happening? She said, the more that I prayed, the worse things got. You ever had an experience like that? You're like, what, God, what is the deal? You know, at least keep me baseline. You know, when I pray, at least just don't answer, but like the whole, like things are getting worse. Come on, what did I do? Okay, this was her, this was her feeling. Well, she said that this past December, after praying and praying and praying, she went over to our prayer wall, our prayer team right over here that prays at the end of every single one of our services, and they will be there again at the end of this service. She said it was December, I went over to the prayer wall, and that was her turning point. She said at that point, everything started to turn around. Her job started to get much, much better. And then just a couple months after that, God opened up a door for her to start her own business. And now she has the balance that she has been seeking. She writes, I can honestly say that I've never been so at peace in my life. Had someone else who um, has just been flat out angry with God for the past six or seven years. Just angry. And the reason that they're angry is over the issue of human suffering in this world, particularly suffering that is done to women in, in different countries overseas. Seeing all that suffering and saying, God, how could you possibly exist in all this? What is the deal? And um, really just praying those angry prayers and, and just full of doubt and full of angst and just wanting answers and not getting any. Well, they said that not too long ago, through all that, they had an opportunity to come up to, to take a certain trip, and they took a trip to Africa, and as a result of that trip, they encountered a Christian organization there that was doing unbelievable work with folks who had been through tremendous oppression and violence. And as a result of that, they saw what God was up to in the midst of that whole thing, and it was just a life-changing experience. And instead of all this hate and all this doubt, now they have a crystal clear understanding. And, and God has made sense of it for them. And this is what this person writes. After six years of seeking answers, God finally physically took me across the world to that place of pain and revealed his answer to me so clearly. Another guy um, texted me. He's been praying or he's praying for his dad for 40 years to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. 40 years, you guys. And he writes, I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord four days before he passed away. 40 years of praying. 
Prayer answered four days before he passed away. Last one. So um, I love getting texts, but I, maybe I should have said last week that I don't like texts really early in the morning. <laughs> so I got one uh, Monday morning at 5.13 a.m., and for some of you in the 11 o'clock service, you've only seen 5.13 a.m. when you were up from the night before. You've never actually known what it means to get up at 5 in the morning. But anyway, um, so I was woken up to receiving this text from an out-of-town mom in Pennsylvania who tunes in, you know, watches our video, listens to our podcasts online every week. And she was so excited. She said, for the past 16 years, I've been praying for my daughter to find a great church. She said, see, my daughter, uh, when she left home and went off to college, she left the church and she left all that stuff behind. She said, for the last 16 years, I've been praying for her, for her faith, that she would get plugged in with the great church. But for 16 years, she hadn't. Up until a month or two ago. And this mom said that a month or two ago, her daughter started coming to this church. And she said that now... Each week, her daughter texts her to say, Mom, or calls her and says, Mom, it was so cool today at Grace. You got to listen to the sermon because it really spoke to me. Now, if you want to give your mom, I mean, if you are blessed and your mom is still living and you're in a good relationship with your mom, you want to make your mom happy, tell her something like that. Tell her you heard something at church and you want to go have her check it out. And that will blow your mom's mind, all right? So, this is, what, this is what she says. She says, this mom says, my prayer has been answered. God led her to your church and she loves it. Very happy Mother's Day to me. Now, for many of you in this room, this is encouraging. You hear these different prayers, you realize this is coming from people just like me. You feel encouraged, you feel a sense of, we're in this together and there's hope for me. And that's awesome if you feel that way. You are truly like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna persevere. Jesus says, don't give up. I'm not gonna give up. You know, this has bolstered my faith. And that's awesome if that's you today. That was very much my intention for this message. But there are others of you, and if we're gonna be honest, you're sitting there going, that's great for them. I mean, really, sincerely, I'm happy for them. All those things we saw up on the screen, that's wonderful. But what about me? What about my prayer? You see, it was cool for them, but that really doesn't help solve my problem or my situation. You don't know what's going on with me. I still feel like God is that unjust judge and I'm that widow. If you're here this morning and you just feel like, yeah, I don't have the faith. I want to just speak to you for a second because you may not know me that well, but I, I tend to be a very rational, skeptical person and I have a lot of doubts at different times and so I'm constantly like asking questions, seeking answers, seeking clarity. And this whole faith issue with, with prayer, you know, I'm, I'm up and down with it. And what do I do when I lose faith, when I lose heart? And I'll tell you, it comes down to four words. And actually, we have moms to thank for these four words. They have made these four words absolutely famous. Everyone knows these four words. And once you say them, you're going to be like, wait, 
those four words? It'll make sense in a second. You know, when you're little and you ask your mom something, you want to do something. Hey, mom, can I do this? Can I have this? And she goes, no. And you say, why not? And she says four words that start with the word because. And I want you to say it with me right now. Because. Exactly. Because I said so. Now, some of you are like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I hate those four words. Those don't help me. Those don't encourage me at all. Those are like the worst four words my mom ever used to say to me because I said so. How is that helpful in your faith? Well, let me try and explain. The reason that I can have faith when I don't, the reason that I cannot give up praying even though I feel like it, is because Jesus said so. Now, here's what I mean by that. Do you know anybody else other than Jesus who successfully predicted and pulled off his own death and resurrection? Is there anybody else out there? Do you have any friends, family members? Okay, now they gotta do both. Can't just, you know, can't just do one. Predict their own death and their resurrection and then, oh, by the way, pull it off. Now, if you know someone like this, as far as I know, there's only ever been one in human history. But if you know someone who's done this, I hope you pay attention to what they say. In fact, I hope you follow them around just trying to glean any sort of wisdom that they might give to you. Because this person is no mere mortal. This person is divine. They've proven it by what they did. Are you tracking with me? The reason that I can keep praying when I don't have the faith to keep praying, the reason that I will is simply because Jesus says so. And anyone who can successfully predict and pull off their own death and resurrection, I'm going to go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt and say, that's pretty good evidence for me to believe what you're saying. may not make sense. I may be discouraged. But you know what? He's done something pretty amazing. He has cred with me. And I'm going to go ahead and do what he says. Now, I don't know if that will help you or not, but that's hopefully just a little something for you. So here's how we're going to conclude the service. The team is going to reprise the song that we sang in the opening set, Give Me Faith. And just in this minute or so, as we're closing out the service, I want you to use this song and make it your prayer. So here's the thing. If you're here today and you've given up, you've given up praying for that thing, you've lost faith, just admit it. I I just have. I I don't believe anymore that that's going to even happen. Okay? Here's your prayer. Just like the song says, give me faith. Give me faith. Jesus, give me faith, please. I need faith. If you're here and you have faith, you've been encouraged, then during this song, I just all I want you to do is I just want you to pray for that thing that maybe you've stopped praying for or maybe you really haven't put your heart into it in a while. Pray for that thing. Or maybe, like that one mom, you want to come over here and, and have our prayer team pray for something that you don't have the words for anymore. You don't have the energy. You, they'll pray for you. That could be your turning point moment right over there with our prayer team. But don't let this moment pass you by. Okay? We're going to ask God to give us faith. We're going to come back to God with our prayers once again, and then our team's going to close us out. God bless you guys.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.